0: This is part two of the special Guy Who Knows a Guy episode recorded at the Podatorium at Potapalooza, run by Kimberly Crow. I had the honor of being there to record some awesome interviews with some fantastic people. I split it up over three episodes because otherwise it would be three hours long. So this episode contains another three interviews and then the next episode contains two more. So let's get on to meeting some awesome people. Next up at our Potapalooza record, virtual recording table is Adrian Tickey. Tickey, I got that right, right? Yes, you did. Yes, I said your name right. Awesome. Adrian, <coughs> known around town as champions for the marginalized, Jim and Adrian Tickey have a heart for those affected by substance and process addictions. Together, they built a recovery residence community in Delray Beach, Florida. Addiction, alcoholism, and overdose are up 40% since the start of the pandemic. Now, Jim and Adrian are speaking out for the first time about the impact of addiction on our communities, which I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. And welcome to, to the mini show.
1: Thank you very much. It's really good to be here, Michael.
0: Yep, so tell me, Adrian, what makes you awesome?
1: What makes me awesome? Um, I guess the answer is my husband. Uh, my husband and I are awesome together. Uh, we are awesome because we take people where they're at and help them create a life of passion
0: and purpose nice all right so tell me more about who the who the people are where they're at and then how you make that life of passion and purpose
1: sure um well uh, my husband and I have been working in the recovery residence community since 2008 Mm -hmm. um I am not in recovery but my husband is 22 years sober and so we really um noticed that there was a uh Uh, not a very good uh, representation of sober houses in our area right Mm -hmm. they were um, a little bit sleazy and and a lot of them were just in it for the money and my husband wanted to do something about it so we started with our first house in 2008 Um, we kept it empty for quite a while because we didn't want to just take anybody we wanted those people who really were ready to get sober and start their life over So if you're somebody, if if that's you, then you will do great at the lodge. If, Mm. if you don't want to get sober, you'll, you'll be pretty miserable with us. Okay. (laughs) But as the years went on, we started to grow. We also started opening women's houses because there is a huge call um, for, for women's group homes, specifically Mm. for addiction. Um, And we started now doing virtual coaching. Uh, so we can actually be a recovery advocate for anyone anywhere in the world. Um, We help predominantly professionals who have been caught at work, um, whether that's a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or a pilot or a firefighter. Um, Nobody wants those people drinking or doing drugs.
0: Yes, correct.
1: So we're very passionate that this um, population has been hit particularly hard Because of the uh, severity of their jobs and the pandemic, I think a lot of people have felt the pressure. It also was very easy to get alcohol uh, at home while you were there in your own house. And now when it's time to go back to work in person, you can't stop drinking. So we, we have created an online program that we have not launched yet, but we are launching soon to basically help those people who their board, uh, whether it was the American medical association or the bar association or the board of directors has sent someone to a two week vacation detox mm-hmm. and we take it from there. So you've gotten sober at detox and now we're going to help you stay sober for the year that you have to be in the bad doctors program, the bad nurses program.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds extremely important. So I, I imagine <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, Thankfully, I've have, have never been in that situation, but I, I have heard from a lot of people that there's a challenge of, first off, finding a program, and so, you know, you have that moment where you're ready to get clean, and
1: eh, now what luck. Right, um, good luck. And, and then and, if you and,
0: do get in a program, yeah. they kick you out, you know, after your two to two weeks, 28 days, whatever, and good luck. And
1: good luck. And that's why people really need someone like us to hold mm-hmm. them by the hand, right, and say, this is where you came from. This is your old life. And that old you is now dead and gone, Mm. you know, and they really do have to grieve for the person that they used to be. And it didn't work out for them because they were mismanagers of their own life.
0: Mm, That makes sense.
1: You know, and it just really does come down to the fact that you have been a mismanager of your own life, screwed it up. Here we are to help, (laughs) you know, and now it's, which way are we going to go from here? We're going to do an in-depth assessment we're going to have one-on-one intensives. We're going to have group calls, unlimited texting, and the, all the support you need to make it through this very critical year mm-hmm. where all eyes are going to be on you. You have everything to lose, right? Yeah. You need to protect your investment by calling us.
0: Uh, that's that's huge. Uh, now speaking of investment, who who pays for this? Is it insurance? Do the people pay for themselves?
1: It's It's self-pay because it's housing. Um, And then it's for the virtual that is going to be called recovery comes home. Mm -hmm. um, It isn't medical. And so insurance is just for medical things. Okay. Just like um, when you go to the hospital for an outpatient surgery, they don't pay for your, your mortgage. Right. Right. So this is outpatient and we um, yeah, we help them where they're at.
0: Okay. Um, Is it considered mental health services or is it? is it a, a uncategorized
1: recovery it's an okay. addiction recovery um, it, it is under the mental health covered. yes it's yeah. under the dsm-5 as uh as a psychiatric disorder yes okay. Cause, and cause, that that means it's also covered by the americans with disabilities act
0: okay but is that i mean it could be covered by like fsas hsas i know some people have the challenge of, of they want to get in recovery and can't afford it
1: right um And they can't afford it. That's true. There's, um, scholarships that are available. I mean, like we, we do 10% of our beds, um, scholarship and we'll do the same thing with our online recovery. So 10% of, you know, which sometimes equals to one to five to 10 people, depending on how many paying people we have. Um, unfortunately there, because insurance doesn't cover it. Um, we have costs, right? Right that that we have to cover so it, it is a challenge for people who can't afford it especially treatment can be quite mm-hmm. expensive uh even if your insurance covers it it can be upwards of thirty thousand dollars is not unusual wow. for one month
0: okay yeah because i can I see certainly the the lawyer of the doctor who is is uh probably has some financial wherewithal uh and and they're trying to save that high-paid job but then i you know there's other people who are in not the same financial situation
1: and that's why we, we came up with the solution of uh, doing the scholarship.
0: Yeah, I love, love that scholarship. That, that's a, a fantastic thing.
1: Yeah, and, and we do also, I mean, we've had NFL players. Um, we've had people that needed to change their names. We, we have experience mm-hmm. with the discretion that is necessary mm. around this topic, right? Because that's nobody wants important. their coworkers to know that they're in this program.
0: Right, yes. So
1: they that need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm about that this is even going on in their life. Otherwise, they're going to feel like they're living a double life.
0: Yeah, that's that's hugely important. I, I know there have been some some issues, I think, maybe it was the military or police, uh, where they were unwilling to get mental health services because they would be judged for getting help. So, of course, people who are getting help aren't the ones you have to watch out for. It's the people who aren't getting help. That's The people the
1: one who aren't getting help. That's and in that industry, the first responders... The, the medical personnel the the lawyers they are all in that same situation mm-hmm. uh, it's very readily available um, it it's it's part of the culture I mean really when you tell people you don't drink other people ask you well why aren't you drinking so it is the people that that aren't in the program that it's more than the ones that need to be
2: in the yep. program
0: yeah no, no, yeah that's I must imagine it must be very challenging, and the if you're in an industry where either it, it's common to go out for drinks after work, or it's common to have right. drinking lunch meetings, you show up for your nine thirty a.m. meeting, and they're like, "Would you like a you know like some bourbon?"
1: That's right, and and we can help them with um, with all of those situations, right? We can do some mock. Uh, practice of what you're going to say when you get to the event have something already in mind like Mm -hmm. you know i um i've given up sugar Mm. right i'm 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 watching my health i'm watching my weight or maybe sometimes just people as they get older hangovers get worse don't they Mm. you know it's just not worth the way you feel the next day anymore
0: yeah but for that people that sense are sense.
1: addicted they don't have that stop sign you know they need a little more help than than just don't don't do it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah don't do it's as fine as like as don't leave your house yeah don't not, yeah
1: don't, just don't leave your house just not you know. have
0: to leave their house which was you know more feasible than usual recently but it's that's right not like it used to be yeah yeah that that's that's a really powerful thing yeah there's so something you do something really important unique um out there and that's i'm sure it's a huge problem probably you know, one of those problems that we, we do not appreciate how big it is and how, how pervasive it is um, with those kinds of things. One of the people I interviewed on my podcast, uh, his his comeback story that led to the success by the time I talked to him, started with getting fired from a job because he, he brought a, a, a flask of vodka, I think it was, to work and they caught him and they're like, what the heck are you doing? You're fired, get out. Um,
1: and, and, the, and the people that have been caught in these high-powered positions, they, this, it's their last shot. They yeah. have everything to lose. And mm-hmm. and they're, we're talking about their houses, their wives, their boats, their everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, of course, I'm sure that adds an additional challenge if if their stress response is to drink. That's right. Um, and now they've been told you're about to lose everything. Uh, and, by the way, you can't use your COVID mechanism.
1: That's right. You have to find new, healthy coping mechanisms. That's exactly what we do, is we Mm -hmm. help people get rid of their old, unhealthy coping mechanisms and find new ones. If someone wants to get sober and stay sober, like if this was a wake-up call, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and they just got out of control at the Christmas party. Yeah. Then they stand a chance. If if they want to get something over on us, they can. We're not infallible. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. But, but of course, you know, cheating you just means they cheat themselves.
1: Right. So I think we're we're going to naturally get drawn to people that really do want help changing their lives because right. they, they got that wake up call and they went, oh my gosh, I could lose
0: everything. Mm. Yeah, that's. I
1: better, I better see what I can do now um, so that it doesn't really get into a train wreck.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, And so, so your online program is that only people have gone through a detox program first and then they, okay.
1: They, at at the start it will be because they, um, those are the people that, that have already gone to the detox. At least they're already still sober and we can help them stay sober. Uh, we don't deal in the portion of getting them sober. We're not a detox. We're not treatment. We're not, um, medical in Mm -hmm. any sense of the word. We're very non-clinical. Gotcha. Um, advocates really for recovery, people in recovery. We, we work very hard at educating people about people in recovery yep. that they're, they're usually a better bet for biz, for jobs because mm-hmm. their lives have turned around and now they're going to show up.
0: Yep. Yeah. They've they got the discipline. They got the strength uh, and they proved it. So,
1: and they've proved it. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's a huge thing. I, I, similar to how I've always thought that if I was hiring someone, I'd rather have someone with a GED than a high school diploma. Because you don't need to earn a wow, you don't,
1: yeah. you don't need to earn
0: a high school diploma, you need to not get kicked out for four years and do some of your work. A GED you actually have to like study and take the test and pass it. And the same thing here. Someone who's gone through recovery, you know, they, they have been through you know, they, they, they have fought the demon and uh, at least came to a draw and possibly won. So and possibly won. So, yeah, you know, whatever challenge they face after that will probably pale by comparison to the challenges they've already won. So That's
1: that's exactly right. What they learn, just basic living skills, how important that is to just go back to halt, right? If you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stop and, hmm. and, and deal with those things before they fester and become something that you can't
0: control. I like that. Yeah, that's powerful. So if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they connect with you?
1: Well, uh, they can go to our website, which is www.thelodgedelray.com. Our contact information is there, and um, we would be happy to help anyone. Even if, if you don't work with us, if you need anything in recovery, we can get you to the right people.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, this has been so great. I actually, I think I actually met someone I need to point your direction who's been asking me for resources and, and every once in a while, the guy knows guy comes up short. So, um, I'm glad I met you.
1: Yeah, that's right. But you know, um, it's addiction is, is now becoming an epidemic. I mean, you can be not just addicted to drugs and alcohol, but there's process addictions, there's gambling, there's um, video games are huge right now that people are really getting, going through midlife crises because their wives are going to leave them. They're playing mm-hmm. so many video games.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I hear about a lot of that. So this so, has been great. I'm so glad we right. connected. I'll definitely Thank you so you know,
1: much, Michael.
0: be staying in touch because, uh, because you seem like a great resource. So thanks. I'm glad we were assigned together and I got to meet you here at Podblues.
1: I'm glad as well, Michael. Look forward to working with you in the future.
0: All right, thanks. So who is next on our Potapalooza table? It is Paula Kent. She is an award-nominated researcher, writer, and lifelong learner. From early retirement, from banking to today, Paula has transformed her life. She shares her learnings in her book, Heroic Choices, examining the purpose of fear as you seek to realize your dreams and change your life, which sounds like a fascinating topic, and I'm excited to learn about you. Paula, welcome to the show.
2: Well, hello, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really, really excited to be here.
0: All right. So I am really into in that concept of, of talking about fear as that uh, ties into dreams and changing your life. So tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So as we go through life and we embark in new challenges or things change for us and for myself, it was retirement. This aspect of fear starts to rise up. As we start journeying down a new path, we're afraid of what's happening. We don't understand that good old imposter syndrome. Who's going to value me starts to emerge its head. And so I experienced all of that. And so what I've done is I've just, that has to have a reason. And I've done some research, my own story. I've reached out to other women as they go through personal change and and growth. And fear is the constant. Mm. And so what I saw is, fear has it's got to have meaning and for me it's one of the key factors in a personal transformation it's really about testing our resolve mm. and that's one of the stages that I identify in the cycle of uh, personal transformation and that's sure. what's the center of my book
0: so you're saying the fear is necessary for the transformation to occur
2: you know what I think for it to really push us along because we can change and we can adapt But Mm -hmm. transforming completely where you are the only person who knows if you've transformed. Mm -hmm. People cannot see that, but it's how you feel. And so for myself, I went from a retail bank manager and now I'm entering into my doctorate in a completely different field. Social sciences completely changed my life. I could not go back to banking Mm -hmm. at all. And this is where that understanding of what served before is now doesn't serve any longer, and I've got all the experiences absolutely that I can bring forward. But it's the piece that of ourselves that have completely our thought processes, our insights, and where we're going. We're on a di- I'm on a different path, and so that's what I explore.
0: Yes, yeah, so, so I find this, this fascinating context of of things I've been um, looking at, thinking about lately. Because uh, as we record this yesterday, there was a big uh, social media panic. I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, there's a thing on TikTok, and everyone freaked out mm-hmm. and, and you know, with my background studying marketing and propaganda and how information travels, mm-hmm. um, I, I recognized that there was actually nothing under it. It was smoke with no fire, uh. but, but people across the country panicked. And if they stopped to think for a second, they'd be like, there can't be a threat against all 190,000 schools. It doesn't even make sense, but they panicked and they're calling the police to say, what are you going to do to protect my kids and try to keep them home? And yeah. it was just this whole thing. And my thought was, was are the kids picking up this sense of fear and then will this in the future lead them to be more afraid when it comes time to take risks like getting a new job or mm. going back to school or leaving school or launching a business or whatnot? Um, and I, I love your thoughts on sort of how a, a culture of fear from parents might affect kids and if, you know, if that thing I'm, I'm concerned about yeah. is, is a real thing or if it's not yeah. or what your thoughts
2: are. Yeah, sort of that intergenerational piece mm-hmm. that, you know, was the fear that we feel that we're passing it on to our children. And, and I'm, I'm in Canada and we see intergenerational trauma in our indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it you, you know, that piece, we do pass it forward with fear, but what we don't also pass forward is how do you work through that? How do you think, how do you gather insights Mm. engage in critical thinking and I, and I don't want to place everything in the same bandwidth absolutely not you know what's the what's happening with COVID and all of these big meaty issues and and traumas that we're experiencing right mm-hmm. now in the world they're not I'm not going to be so as to say they're easily resolved but We need to pull back. And like you said, it was all smoke with no fire. Yeah. Pull back and get through that smoke and start to think what is here, what is happening. And as we do that, then we can, you know, pass on some clarity or pass on how do we question this to Mm. our, to our children? Let's look deeper in this. Let's not just believe it because it's on the internet. <laughs> right? How do we critically think for ourselves mm-hmm. and whether that's going through our own personal life transformation, you know, there's key factors, critical thinking, reflective thought, and just really sitting with things and really contemplating them. And that's a skill that can, can be taught and definitely can be learned. Hmm. It just takes time. It's not
0: yeah.
2: Not a yeah, quick the... reaction. It's a response.
0: Yeah. You got me here to talk about the inter- intergenerational, the um, intergenerational trauma, I think mm-hmm. about, it. so I, I was, my, my mother's Jewish, so I was raised partially Jewish, mm-hmm. uh, so I've, I'm, I'm familiar with the number of the, the stories and, and celebrations, and many of them have the theme of, wow, a lot of bad stuff happens to us, but we always survive, mm-hmm. and so, like, the, there is definitely a cultural trauma in the, mm-hmm. in the Jewish tradition, but it Absolutely. always has a the theme of, but we're God's chosen people, and we're always going to be here, and they can't get rid of us no matter how hard they try. And so there's a sense of yes, there's fear, but there's also resilience, and it's taught. And I think with with you know the the current, especially with the 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 middle class American fear, there there's not a tradition of resilience. It's just, oh my god, everything is so dangerous. We're so afraid. Yeah. And they haven't built the resilience side of it.
2: Yeah, and it's that extreme. It goes mm-hmm. to an extreme versus you know, maybe, and maybe this is what we're all learning through the pandemic mm-hmm. is, is that resilience piece, because how do we learn to examine things and how do we then start to build up re- personal resilience mm. and, and, and be able to step back and again, not react, not yep. knee jerk, but to think what's happening here. How can, how can we move forward? So, yeah. I
0: love that. Yeah. And I, I always like to point out to people that, uh, you know, you have an unbroken record of survival. Yes, 100%. Uh, 100%. Everything you've encountered so far has failed to yeah. kill you. So yeah. you're pretty yeah. tough. The
2: yeah, is that's dangerous. right. That's right. We do have a lot to draw on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, and so, so you know, as, as people, as they are in that point where maybe they, they realize that, that maybe they're not where they want to be in life or mm-hmm. a change is necessary, a transformation is necessary, uh, but something's holding them back, mm-hmm. what can they do to, to take that step?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, this, it's the signals, the signals that we're getting and, and in the women I spoke with and in myself, we were always getting signals that something needed to change. So if people are experiencing that, but they don't know where they need to go, you know what, just know that you need to change. And what is that first, that first thing that's holding you back? It's the fear. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And that again is fear. And this is where you have to step through it. Mm. Start to think about your passion. Start to think about where what is the deep meaning within yourself. And it it doesn't come easy and fear, you know, comes up again and again, but it's this that's testing your resolve. Do you really want to move forward? And as you work through fear, you will, you know, look to different myths and, and stories and even family stories of how people have overcome. Because mm. that's part of our as you know, humans in this great mess of humanity, that's how we traditionally learned is through the oral traditions, the stories, the myths, the legends. Mm-hmm. You can start to imagine yourself, you know, step back and be a little objective. Okay, here's the story. You know, I was a bank manager, I was getting tired, you know, Paula did this, Paula did that. And you start to get a little bit of space because I think sometimes as we try to view ourselves we're so into it what's it's about us we can get a little bit of objectivity we can then start to see the possibilities and potential around i you know i really framed a lot of the the hero uh, heroic choices around joseph campbell mm-hmm. and he's the hero's uh hero's journey the monomyth and a uh, great scholar who i mm-hmm. a great admirer and he has um this speaks about this arthurian legend where the knights are going to go off into the crusades and they go through this dark force and they all enter at their own spot because we can only walk on our own path We cannot go forward on someone else's path. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, where the hardest piece of it is, is how do we find that path? We just, by thinking, by reflecting, following your passions, connecting with that that soul work, the emotions that are within, that can start to lead us forward on a journey.
0: I love that. And yeah, I, I was thinking about you to take that step. I've in the last season of my podcast I interviewed dozens of successful people to try to find out, you know, what is the secret, what is it that they yeah. did that I can copy, frankly, it was selfish. Yeah. Listeners yeah. can benefit too, yeah. but it's really all <laughs> for yeah. me. And like, what did they do? Like, how can they do it? And what I kept coming back to was that they made a decision that they were going to, to do something. They were going mm-hmm. to get out of the the bad place they're in or they're gonna take action, they were gonna launch it, and they had a mindset shift, and then success came. Which is both wonderful to, to discover and really frustrating because that's not easy to do until no. you're looking at it retrospect but but it really is making that decision
2: mm-hmm. and
0: saying like let's do this let's walk through it
2: yeah let's walk through it and you, you hit it right there it's a mindset shift you stop <laughs> stop looking at the obstacles because we i mean there's thousands and thousands of obstacles that we can come up with mm-hmm. and yet it's to now look at the possibilities what mm-hmm. what what can I do? And for myself and for other women, it, you know, you're giving up, you're giving up what you know, you're leaving yep. your here and now, and you're giving up what you know. And, you know, humans, we're very afraid of loss, mm-hmm. but we, we don't like to lose things, but because we don't know what we're going to gain. And I can honestly tell you that. You know, as I gave up that banking career and I gave up all of those pieces and I returned and I did a master's and now I'm doing my doctorate, I have gained so much. I have gained so much. I've written a book and just the people I've met and the the new experiences, again, couldn't go back, wouldn't go back. There's a cost to everything. There's a cost Mm -hmm. to everything. And suffocating ourselves is a huge cost to our own, you know, peace of mind. So.
0: And, and you mentioned something of it, you know, looking at the fear. And I, I think sometimes people are afraid to look at it head on. And so mm-hmm. they kind of, they, they ignore it and they forget it. And then when they look at it, it's suddenly not as big when you can actually see it. Cause you can always imagine something way bigger than what's really there. Um, you, you talk for a minute about, you know, the power of looking straight at what you're afraid of, as opposed to trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. If you walk, you know, you just walk forward. You know, and I, I've seen them on memes and, you know, where you just walk forward, head, head, face the sun, head tall, mm-hmm. walk right into your fear and really dissect it. Really dissect it. Oh, my little dog jumped up. Yep. Uh, really <laughs> dissect the fear because that then, you know, I mean, think of Star Wars and, and the, mm-hmm. uh, A New Hope when Luke goes into the, the cave, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's in that episode. Yeah, uh, um,
0: Empire Strikes Back. But yes,
2: Empire Strikes Back. That's the right one. Yeah. Um, when Luke goes into the cave, he's facing. What do you? What is he taking with him? Right. Let's mm-hmm. go back to that story. And he, he's everything. Everything you have is, is within you that you fear. Mm-hmm. And it. There could be some things like financials. You know, there's some real things that are would impact you as you face your fear. But it's it's the other pieces. That you have to get through. So mm-hmm. if I give up my six-figure income, which I did, how then do I go forward? Well, no. okay. How not I won't be able to go forward, but how can I go forward? What can I do? And as you get through that fear and you work through that, you get to this inflection point where it's insight. You start to gather your insight. And as you gather your insights and you gather your thoughts on how you're getting forward going forward you start entering into self-belief.
0: And that is very powerful. I love that. Very
2: yeah. powerful. Self-belief. So this is, this
0: yeah. has been a fan- fascinating conversation. I have loved it. Um, so so who are you looking to connect with? Who, who in the audience should say, yeah. oh, that's me and reach out to you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am looking to connect with anyone who is interested in that process of transformation, understanding the, some of the theories behind it. So this I've taken two academic theories, Joseph Campbell's theory, The Monomyth mm-hmm. and The Hero's Journey. And I've also taken Jack Mesro's theory on transformative learning. And I've created a cycle. And as we go th- through the cycle of personal transformation, it kind of orients you. Like, here's what I'm feeling right now. Where am I? You know, as they go, look through my book. Oh, here I am. Okay, what could come next? What's down the road? Am I always going to feel like this? No. And this is what you can get from my book, The Heroic Choices.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, and so how can people connect with you?
2: At info at And uh, check out my website at www.paulakent.com. And on my website, there's a sample chapter.
0: All right, fantastic. Well, it's been wonderful to connect with you. This has been so much fun. I keep meeting great people at Potapalooza and you're the next one. You're awesome. This has been great. So thank you so much. I'm glad we connected.
2: Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a real pleasure talking to you.
0: So next to the table, I'm excited to introduce you to Shiraz. uh, This is the first guest I actually kind of know prior to us meeting here, which is really cool. Um, But let me read you the bio so you can know him, too. Meet award-winning author, international speaker, and reality-shifting specialist, Shiraz. Entrepreneurs hire him to rewrite their business stories and, with them, their reality, because most people are unknowingly addicted to limiting and obsolete stories and left with a lack of success, confidence, and freedom. Shiraz helps you to eliminate, terminate, and annihilate your unconscious addiction to these stories in order to ignite a stream of high-paying clients along with an abundance of free time, money, and energy. That's pretty cool. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about how you do that.
3: It's a really cool technique that's called energetic magic. Like That's why I named my company that. Mm-hmm. And I basically have conversations with people about that thing they think is a problem. And what I found out is if you've got a recurring problem in your life or you've got some barrier that you haven't been able to pass for a long time and you think that's a problem, it's not. It's a solution to something Mm. else that's actually the problem. Mm. And I help you find out what the actual problem is. And when you remove the actual problem, the fake problem just magically goes away. It's really cool. And I do that by having conversations with people because When I'm talking to you, I can tell when your conscious beliefs match your unconscious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they don't, you're actually lying to yourself. and You don't even know you're doing it. Okay. Right. And so once we find out there's a lie, we can actually dig down, find out why that's a lie. What's the underlying belief or story you're telling yourself about that and say, oh, well, you actually think this is going to happen if that problem goes away, but it's not actually going to happen. So you can let the problem go away and then you do.
0: Theory, so. Ah, okay so so we're talking about the 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 perceived problem that is actually the solution we're, we're talking about like not getting enough sales or yes. uh your rent is too high or your angry clients or something like that that that, that yes. kind of thing yes. um and and so if if for example i mean the common one is like i don't have enough leads i don't have enough prospects yeah. um so if somebody said that they didn't have enough leads and prospects they need more leads and prospects how would that actually be the solution instead of the problem
3: I, that just happened recently with one of my clients. She mm-hmm. was only getting four new clients every month and for a coaching program through grief and trauma. Mm-hmm. And ideally, she wanted about six or seven, but she'd never been able to get past four. She's like, I've been trying everything. I've been networking. I've had business coaches. Like, nothing's working. And when I started talking to her, eventually we found out that she had an unconscious belief that if she broke through the four barriers, it wouldn't be five or six or seven. It could be 15 or 30, ah. right? Which is just overwhelming. And the first thought that would come up, with, well, she doesn't have to take them all. But they're coming to her over grief and trauma. She'd feel like crap turning right. them away, right? So that was that was the unconscious barrier she put. Let's keep it at four. That, it's safe. We know what works and don't get any more. And that actually affected everyone around her who showed up, how, like whether or not her promotions worked. And when I made her realize, look, you can say no to them and then send them off to other grief counselors. You might even get a commission from them so that you're not now making money from people you don't even work with. And she has a network of, of friends that are all certified the same way she is. So she doesn't have to feel guilty. She knows these people are good.
0: Mm-hmm. And we just
3: relieved all the guilt that what didn't even actually exist, the guilt that she was projecting into a future that hasn't actually come to pass. Right? Mm-hmm. and As soon as that happened, she just felt different because this weight had been taken off her shoulders. And by that afternoon, she had her fifth client for the month. By the next week, she had her sixth client for the month. And Mm -hmm. now she consistently does six or seven clients. And the reason I call myself a reality shifting specialist is because I get phone calls about this. And she's like, I haven't changed my business. I haven't had time to do anything, but people are starting to call me and and asking to work with me. And I'm like, yeah, because now you want them to call you as opposed to before where it was just, it was too much
0: yeah yeah it's amazing amazing how that works and i so so you're saying that the the problem had been i can't have 15 and the solution is get 15 and then get rid of the extras
3: yeah
0: <laughs> which also you know creates additional like now she has better relationships with those people in her network because yeah. she's a a fountain of of referrals <laughs> yes. um and you know her success becomes the success of her of her network and so that that sounds sounds very powerful um so do you have another example you could share of someone who, who, again, that, that, that idea of the, the, the challenge is actually the solution?
3: Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite clients, she was doing a, a conference. They have this annual conference. And there's usually about 3,000 people that show up for the conference. And this year, there are only 1,500 people registered two days before the conference. And so she mm-hmm. calls me up and she's like, i don't know what's going on this is this is weird this has never happened and we need more people at this conference and i said what's different this year than was last year because you've been doing this for years she said i'm hosting i'm like oh so why don't you want people to see you host and (laughs) she's like what (laughs) and then she thought about it she goes i'm dealing with the industry experts the top ceos and what if i say something stupid and look like an idiot What if I say something wrong and I insult them and they get mad at me? And there's all this possible shame and guilt that could be up there because now she's the host. She's in front of everyone. And that's somehow like this is the thing, the way we're all connected, that stopped people from registering for the event. Mm -hmm. And so I had to talk her through that and get her out of of it and say, look, everyone there is just human. They're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You can laugh about some of the mess ups you've done. If, if you do them, but it's, it's going to flow. You're going to make, and because you're now talking to them directly, you're going to make better connections. It's going to help your business. And so two days later, 8,000 people showed up for the event. It was, they broke records.
0: Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. That, that, that is incredible. Yeah. I'm I, I right. So I used to, in, in my early business days, I opened a game store, you know, board games, role-playing games and, nice. and such things. And uh, um, it wasn't terribly profitable, but other than that, it was very successful. Build a great community. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the things we, we discovered, and and it, you know I, I've later come to understand what this phenomenon was, but we called the power of Will Smith, the actor. You know, so we, we had a, a VCR and TV in the store, and we'd have a movie playing in the background, just kind of you know have background noise. And whenever we put on a Will Smith movie, more people would come in. And there's no way they knew we'd put on Will. It wasn't like it was, it's six o'clock, it's Will Smith time. It's just like, I yeah. haven't seen anyone all day. But we put in a Will Smith movie, and people would come in. And... And there was something about you know the, the energy and whether it was, you know, the magic of Will Smith himself or mm-hmm. just because we believed it and that created the energy or something, but for whatever reason, when we did that, like a customer would come in. It wasn't enough to save the business. But it would it would you know create that effect. Um, and it, it was it was always a fascinating phenomenon, um, along the lines of what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, but the neat thing is they've actually shown how this works through quantum physics now. Oh really? Okay. So one of of the big experiments, well, I guess multiple experiments, is is light light a particle or is light a wave? Mm I've been trying to figure this out for years. Because sometimes it shows up like a particle, sometimes like a wave. And in one experiment, they'd actually, they shone light through some slits and then it creates a pattern on the wall. And depending on the pattern, you can tell if it's a a particle or a wave. Mm -hmm. And this experiment showed constantly, it was always a particle, always a particle. And they're like, okay, so in this experiment, light always behaves like a particle. Mm -hmm. And some guy says, but is it? Because what if we're missing some wave particles? And they're like, what do you mean? Let's put a wave detector right by the slip before, the, before it gets to the wall and see if there's any wave particle. Wave particles. Waves were missing. Yep. So they did that. And as soon as they put the detector there, the pattern on the wall changed to waves. And they're like, well, wait a sec. But we know this is always a particle. All we, and we're not introducing something to change the light. We're introducing something just to detect what's there. But they found out that if they, looked, if they looked for a wave, they got a wave. If they looked for a particle, they got a particle. That's crazy. Right? And this, this was consistent. And then in later experiments, they were having scientists observe what was going on at a quantum level. And if they changed scientists and repeated the exact same experiment, they would get a different result because whatever was going on inside the scientist was impacting the result. So whatever things they thought should happen would show up, even if it wasn't a conscious thought, if it's in a subconscious thought, that's the one that that causes the effect. Wow. So whatever you expect to happen at an unconscious level, you create at a subatomic level, which then echoes out to a macro level, which causes your physical reality. So when you guys create that Will Smith brings in people, you're affecting things at a subatomic level and then causing it to show up. And that's how it works. And now it's been shown over and over again.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's incredible and and it's it's interesting i've um you know i've interviewed a few dozen successful people on my podcast because i went to an event and met you know more millionaires there than i've ever met in my life and got Mm -hmm. to connect with them like what are they doing i want to do it get on my podcast tell me what you did (laughs) and and almost every one of them there's a point in their story where there's a mindset shift yes and and it wasn't like i did this great strategy and that was it was you know, there, there was usually some strategy and some tactics and some things they did, you know, we sat on their couch, changed their mindset and money fell out of the sky. But but, you know, for almost all of them, there was some moment where they shifted the mindset and everything just followed from there. Yes. Uh, the ideas started to come, the connections started to happen. And what I found, and this may have been from meeting so many people and absorbing that energy, is my mindset started to shift. Yes. And things started to move forward. And then when I kind of clicked in, and some of the tactics of not knowing my avatar was. Once I clicked into that, like, oh, here's my product is, here's my avatar. Suddenly like people responded to me in conversations differently. And you know, I'd get different connections and and things just started happening um, in a magical and hard to explain sort of way. Yeah.
3: And there's there's two reasons for that. Number one, by hanging out with them you started to rewire your brain, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: right? And that's a real cool thing because once you start rewiring at a subconscious level, you get new pathways that are saying, this is what happens. These are the people that show up in my life. These are the results that show up. And that, as as long as it's running at a subconscious level, it's running constantly and so you get those results. But the other thing I've discovered is stories are transmittable. So Mm -hmm. you can get someone's story and you can keep it for a few seconds, a few hours, the rest of your life It's up to you. And so you can just buy one of their stories and then start functioning as though you're getting the same results they're they're doing. And this happens for everything. It's not just money mindset. You can get a headache from someone. You can start having problems in relationships because someone happened. I actually got a $40,000 debt one year. I got a a letter from the CRA, which is the Canadian IRS. And they said, you owe $40,000 in back taxes. And I'm like, what the hell? Right, And and I'm like, what's going on? And I just got out of near bankruptcy and got him a great job, but I still had all this debt on the table and they added $40,000 more. Mm -hmm. And I did the math and I said, I'm just going to be paying the debt for the rest of my life because there's no way I can pay and earn enough to pay off the principal even though I'm back up at a a six-figure salary. So, and I didn't know what to do. And I went to financial consultants. I went to my accountants. They're like, you you could stop working, go to minimum wage because then you could declare bankruptcy. But at the salary you're earning you can't. You're screwed. <laughs> and I'm like, this is crazy. And then one day I thought, wait a sec, is this even my debt? Is it my story? And when I tapped into that, I felt a shift. And I'm like, oh my God, it's not even my story. So I said, you know what? It's someone else's story. I don't want to have to deal with it. I'm stepping out of the story. And then I went to go see my accountants and and, and my accountant, and I'm talking to him and saying, is there anything we haven't thought of and what we can do? He's like, we've been over this for weeks. There's nothing we can do. And he looks at me and goes, why are you smiling? This is a serious problem. But in my mind, it's done. It's gone out. I'm just waiting for it to show up. And then it's like it hit him. He went, wait a sec. If we file this form and then we do this, and he went into all this accounting jargon, he says, but then in the end, you don't have to pay the $40,000. You'll just have to pay a $500 late filing fee. Are you okay with that? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So yeah. so then it just went away. I didn't even end up paying the late fine with you. Just the whole thing went away. And it was a year later, I'm talking to one of my friends. And she said, I finally got through that $40,000 debt I had to pay my boyfriend last year. I'm like, last year when? She goes, when were we talking to you? When I was talking to you last year. I'm like, oh my God, that was right before it showed up for me. I bought your debt from a conversation we had a year ago. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I wouldn't have thought this kind of stuff was possible. But she said the exact amount. And it was the exact same time. And I had that feeling, oh, it's not mine, let it go. And it just disappeared when I let it go. This is how powerful we are.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That is, yeah, and I'm thinking of some other stories. um, So I'm not liberty to share on the air, but you know, other stories like that with like numbers that match um, And you hear that like, oh, oh, this should be, oh, this, ah, I see, yes. And how they they click together like that. And yeah, it's interesting. Uh, One one thought that I've had is one of the great benefits of one of the great blessings of the pandemic for me is going online and when I ran conference 21 I got to meet all these different um speakers and have them on podcasts and and meet them at the conference and hear them speak uh, and talking about stories you know part of I have people on podcasts because I can record their stories and listen yeah. to them again because yes. I'll forget you know I'll forget the conversation but i will listen back and like was I there for that interview because I don't remember this part of it this is incredible <laughs> uh, and it's 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 amazing I've gotten to meet, you know, hundreds of people at this point who have, have shared their their thoughts, their ideas, their stories, their their wisdom very generously. And it has shifted first my mindset and then my tactics and strategy and, and energy and reality. Um, and I've I've been thinking about the idea of creating a program where because there's so many people they haven't been blessed with this and they're just living with their friends from high school or their coworkers and everyone hates their job and complain about their taxes and the the, the dandelions or whatever and like (laughs) if i could just introduce them to a dozen of the people i know it would shift their reality just to realize there's people who operate at that level that vibration and i've actually considered building a a coaching program which would simply be i introduce you to a series of people i know and you get to talk to them nice yeah Yeah, i think that'd be yeah, you know, I, I have too many irons in the fire to actually execute on that right now. But that's definitely something okay. I'm thinking about. because I, I feel like, you know, you can certainly absorb that, that positive energy out of people and really, really make those shifts. Um,
3: and it's amazing because when you talk to people that aren't succeeding, they'll use phrases like, well, you know how everyone is struggling right now. You know how everyone wants things cheaper. You know how? And I was like, no, it's not everyone. It's you. It's, it's you just you by yourself. Directly around you. That, yep. That's it. Right. So,
0: Yep. Yeah, it's made. And it is interesting when I go out, like even to you know local chamber events versus these online events, um, to kind of have to have to shift my language and remember. Oh, right, I'm not surrounded by by people who were at this higher vibration who think abundantly, who think you know think about win wins, uh, and I need to kind of you know raise my guard a little bit because Mm -hmm. the people there aren't quite as um, that they're, they're not abundant thinkers. So if they make a deal, they're trying to take all they can and give as little as possible, as opposed to in this community, it's give, 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 and it's all going to work out. And we're going to take care of each other. So it's been, been amazing there. Um, so speaking of giving, if somebody wants to get in touch with you and wants to be a part of what you do, how would they do that?
3: The easy way is to go to ShirazShifts.com, as in Shiraz Shifts to Reality. Nice. And, uh, yeah, you can see a little bit more about what I do. And there's a button there that says book an appointment and we can have a conversation.
0: Sounds great. Well, it's been awesome to have have you on here. I'm so glad we're able to connect uh, in the in the stream of the wild stream of Potapalooza. Uh, It was great to great to talk and, and have you on the show. Thank you.
3: Great. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful.
0: So much fun being involved with Potapalooza here in the Potatorium. I am very grateful to Kimberly Crow for inviting me to be a part of this and connecting me with all these awesome people. If you have not checked it out already, definitely go to guywhonknowsaguy.com slash links so you can find out how you can be involved on March 5th at the next Potapalooza. And stay tuned into the third part for our remaining two amazing interviews.